Welcome back to the Mo Rogan podcast. For those of you who can't afford Spotify. Yes. And it's for free on YouTube and I don't talk about horse dewormer. That's true. And we're also both fully vaccinated and boosted. Yes. And I got COVID, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, and you did get COVID. <laughs> How was your COVID? Yeah. Actually, not that bad. So so Pat, shout out Pat, uh, my co-founder got it and he he went through a couple of symptoms. So and I did the test just to be safe and I found out that I had it. Um, it was just a light cough on my end. I guess like the, the worst part of it was just needing to quarantine and not being able to walk into places. Um, yeah, I didn't, it was, it was, it was all right. So this is what the third, fourth disease you've gotten from Pat. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we, we keep a, a ledger of, of all of them. Nice. A distributed ledger. <laughs> okay. Speaking about that. Um, but no, this is the, the fun part is like, this is our first, uh, 2022 episode. So happy. It new is. Year. Thank you. I, uh, I spent my new year in France in Paris and, Ooh. uh, it, it was fun. It was yeah. fun. I mean, we were, I, I was kind of afraid that the whole place would shut down and, you know, basically the only interesting place in the entire city would be the hotel lobby, but, yeah. um, um, they did not shut down even though COVID was like running rampant and there were like all-time highs every day and which is everywhere now anyways but um so uh, you know everything remained open i kind of i needed the the covid pass everywhere i went like you know they, they checked your phone and all that so you know it's travel in the in the age of covid um but it was fun it was fun i, I really liked it did a lot of walking yeah. weather was great um of course, World War One, World War Two museums, because otherwise, why are you even in Europe? <laughs> true, true. And uh, endlessly uh, checking my uh, Coinbase wallet. You know, standard uh, standard travel. Same. I like I like how we have that overlap. I, I my my New Year's was basically just driving around up and down the PCH, but I also at red lights checked my coin, not Coinbase, but I have a Robinhood Robinhood wallet. <laughs> you have a Robinhood wallet. Oh no no not a Robinhood wallet. That's just my Robinhood account. I yeah. wish I had these 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 wallets, man. I they're supposed to come out around now, and I've been waiting since I don't what September for Robinhood wallets. Yeah. But um, it's you know I I have so much crap tied up with Robinhood, and I'm really desperately waiting for them to open it up so I can move it out. Um, yeah. You know I have uh, I have become a very strict uh, believer in not your keys, not your crypto. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, I, I keep hearing stories of like, oh, blah, blah, exchange decided that this uh, ID was no good and uh, shut down your account. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, that happened to me with Robinhood. So, you know, they said, oh, your your tax information and your ID are not up to date and you got to send it in yeah. and whatever. And then I sent it in and they weren't happy with it. And it just kind of, so I, I have not, you know, uh, traded anything on the account for months. It's open now. And I'm honestly just waiting for them to to you know give us the damn wallets so I could transfer all my stuff out. Um yeah, yeah. Kind of it kind of beats the purpose. That's the funny part of like, you know, financial freedom and all that stuff, but you still can't access it because of some some paperwork isn't isn't figured out. Like <laughs> so you haven't submitted something. Right, right. I mean what's great about wallets is that it's yours. So even if they even if the company that created that wallet goes out of business, you can still use your seed phrase, you know, and put it into any other wallet app. And you know, these are HD wallets. Mm-hmm. um and uh, hd is an hierarchical deterministic i i screwed mm-hmm. that up definitely but um maybe <laughs> yeah i mean you you get access to all your crypto all over again so it doesn't even matter yeah. who who produced the damn app um right. yeah anyways speaking of robin hood uh today mm-hmm. is the 13 or four, uh, what was it 14 month anniversary of the greatest investment that i have ever made in terms of multiple on invested <laughs> capital right same same through 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 you it's also been my greatest investment right and it's also paid for the equipment on which this is being recorded Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, also a whole bunch of other things yeah so this uh this marks the anniversary of uh, me yoloing into dogecoin (laughs) you know and as i do this you know my bachelor's in economics and my master's in finance self-immolate in shame because this move generated (laughs) a higher return than anything i've ever done ever um exactly so yeah uh it, it doge 
Doge, the Doge. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's it's all of us kind of headed into it, and like even the the first investment I put in, which was shortly after yours, it was very much like, a, oh, this is a shit coin. JPAL yeah. printing money. Like we, we we just don't. Why not? You know. But mm-hmm. but this quickly turned into something very very serious, like unbelievably serious, and and yeah. you know. We we went from like oh, to the moon posting memes and like oh Ben Baller now changed his his Twitter profile to a a dog and then a couple of people started doing it and laser eyes and like sure but now you're getting to a point where like you have Elon Elon Musk and Mark Cuban basically going like structurally at its foundation yep. this coin is seems like it has the greatest chance of survival or like mainstream adoption right. because we went from Reddit shitcoin to yeah. uh, oh people who actually debate uh monetary policy and economics are actually in favor of this particular coins tokenomics over time uh, over time to actually survive as a currency a true genuine currency and not like you know a token to access a network like ether or or things like bitcoin which is kind of becoming more like gold but you know yeah. it, it's it's become a matter of discussion again because a yes the robin hood wallets are on the way and b they released this um uh this uh amazing document called the doge trail map uh have you checked it out i I did actually i was i was recently able to kind of skim through the entire thing and so so you know i kind of approached it from from a a quote-unquote founder's perspective i don't know what would what i i'd I'd kind of label it as but you know i kind of saw it as like if 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 a roadmap's being published there's got to be a leader to it right there's got to be like a product manager project manager some sort of person who's going okay this is what we set out to, to to work on and this is everything that we want to do in the next couple of years so the first thing that i came across that really stuck out to me was basically this this i'm just going to like read read it here it's like a direct a- excerpt um but it's it basically says this is a very intentional decision it's important that dogecoin remains a decentralized project with shepherds rather than rulers each whose projects and contributions stand or fall on their merits so it kind of sends over a clear message that you know dogecoin is kind of community-led meritocracy where you know there's no there's no leader pushing specific strategies it's just here's all the projects and based off of technical brilliance execution strategizing only the fittest will will, will end up surviving yeah. and like so I, doge I is a project yeah doge is a project has really not been touched since billy marcus launched it in 2013 right so yeah. it started as a, a fork of Litecoin, I believe, which in and of itself was a fork of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so as OG as it gets, but this was, it was created as a joke, right? It was created as a meme. It was based on the Doge meme from like early 2010s Reddit, if you remember. Yeah. Um, much it, wow. it becomes this coin. Yeah, much wow. Very, yeah. Uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but it's it's based on this meme and it became basically the kind of the de facto tipping currency on certain subreddits on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was long before like Wall Street bets and long before the current climb in Bitcoin prices and the huge Web3 tsunami that's hit us. Right. It's yeah, it, it was a joke coin. It was a shit coin. It was worth 0. 0.00000 something dollars. Like it was free, mm-hmm. basically. And it was pretty much that way until the beginning of 2021. Yeah. Until, until the beginning where like Bitcoin started started skyrocketing and then everyone's like, hey, Dogecoin, like why the hell not? This is a fever dream anyway so let's like all throw our money into that and then people started digging through the code digging through the just the engineering and the structure and like where it was supposed to be headed and yeah that kind of it, it led us to having the doge trail map basically yeah and it's a serious thing because like you know serious people have put their names to it including by the way vitalik buterin who is the founder of ethereum mm-hmm. And uh, a person who was there specifically as a representative of Elon Musk, and that's not speculating, it says that verbatim, representing Elon Musk. Mm. Um, so, you know, Elon, who very recently was was uh, declared Time Person of the Year, um, had actually made the case during his interview as to why he thought that Doge was the ideal currency, saying basically that Bitcoin has effectively become digital gold. And gold is an excellent store of value, but it's not exactly a, a, a medium of exchange, at least not at scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also mentioned that, like you know, the layer one of the Bitcoin protocol um, had certain uh, issues when it came to scale. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the most scalable, which is why we've seen things like you know Lightning and other layer two solutions 
um, mm-hmm. to help increase transactions, uh, increase the number of transactions possible per second, and also bring down the cost of transactions significantly. Because even if you're paying, for example, like you know, ten cents for a transaction, if this is something that is going to be used in third world countries for microtransactions, and they're buying things for like a dollar, ten cents is a huge fee. You know that needs to come down significantly for people to actually want to use this. Also, you need payments to clear fairly quickly. Um, if you've ever tried sending someone Bitcoin, you know it's not that ultra super fast network. I'm talking like non Lightning, even your standard like SegWit um, address. Mm-hmm. Um, you know fees are are reasonable, especially if you're sending large amounts. That's for sure, but it's mm-hmm. not Lightning fast. Yeah. So Elon very early on used to say, uh, you know, we want a 100x the uh, transactions per second possible per, for, uh, on Doge and also uh, reduce fees to one one hundredth of what they are now. Um, that's one angle. And then the other angle is the monetary policy angle, which is um, w- we want, um, b- look, basically Bitcoin is forever deflationary, right? But mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're going to get into this a little more later in the podcast. We, uh, we we want something that is more similar to the monetary regime we have now, which is slightly and predictably inflationary, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and and this goes back to another excerpt that I can I can read through here, which is basically like it basically says, well, whilst many crypto projects are trying to be stores of value, such as Bitcoin or engineering platforms such as ETH, um, we believe that the innovative step has already been made by Satoshi with the invention of a cryptocurrency. I think that's the big part of it. So like we've mentioned before that like, okay, Bitcoin's deflationary currency because there's a fixed 21 million. A lot of them, like I think 1 million of it is in the Satoshi block or like the the genesis block i guess it, yeah it's satoshi's wallet um, yeah satoshi's wallet and then all of them are like so many other coins are just in dormant wallets and like ones that haven't been touched in a while lost coins um exactly and and you know if you have a limited number of coins that gets to be a little problematic because price is going to go up you're not really encouraged to spend it um mm-hmm. and then you know the the biggest issue with eth is kind of one thing you touched on with the 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 fees which is you know, anyone who's worked with NFTs or like OpenSea can know that like to mint something and have it on that blockchain, um, the gas fees are just insane because yeah. you end up needing to pay like 300 bucks just to have something there. Yeah. Um, so so I think the, the one good thing that Doge kind of did is they looked at both and they were like, okay, our main focus, and then and they, they, they mentioned this on the trail map um, mm-hmm. almost immediately, is yeah. um, uh, utility. Like they they don't yeah. not not that this isn't like a brilliant engineering feat to 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 start, but they don't care about the engineering too much. Like any smarts being put into it, they don't care about you know its price. Yeah, this or is what it's, it's not about it's not about smart contracts and you know no. DeFi exchanges and that's that's not what it's about. Um, you know, I I wanted to note one thing. No matter mm-hmm. what happens with ETH, whether you believe ETH is going to be the most valuable blockchain or whether you believe ETH is going to zero. No matter what, so long as you are transacting on the Ethereum blockchain, you are transacting in basically US dollars, but being denominated in the Ethereum token. Similar mm-hmm. to you go on OpenSea, things are priced in ETH, but really, like in reality, the action's happening in dollars. Um, e- Ethereum was never intended to replace the dollar. Like it's important to, mm-hmm. to, to note that while Bitcoin and Ethereum are both, you know, crypto, yes, like, you know, mm-hmm. they fall under that umbrella, um, they are absolutely not in competition with one another. You know, if if Ethereum, how, how so? I mean, look, if Ethereum makes it, you know, things on the Ethereum network are priced in ETH. If Bitcoin mm-hmm. makes it, then the stuff you buy at the store is priced in Bitcoin, right? So, in a sense, yeah. it's like saying that U.S. dollar and Apple stock compete with one another when you're. And that's like when you say that you know Bitcoin, and Ethereum are competing with one another. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Um, the only way they're in competition is when an investor decides whether what to hold in their portfolio. For example, an investor can decide whether they want to hold more Apple stock or more cash in their portfolio. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean the Apple stock and the cash are direct competitors in terms of what they are. Um, mm-hmm. So ETH was never intended to replace the dollar, right? But the most yeah. adamant Bitcoin maxis want to see Bitcoin become the worldwide de facto store of value and the, and the currency. So hypothetically, if Bitcoin goes to $10 million a coin, which means all in all, you have a few like, you know, I don't know, do the math. Like you end up with a, with a huge mm-hmm. enough monetary supply for this to actually suffice as a as a worldwide currency. Eventually, things get placed in the micro. Sorry, things get priced in the micro unit of that Bitcoin, which is a satoshi, which is one one hundred millionth, right? Mm. So things then sats become what dollars are now. Yeah. A worldwide benchmark do, uh, uh, currency, you know. 
Um, right. So when when we say Doge wants to remain a currency and not a credit to use on an engineering platform, we mm. mean that Doge uh, is also trying to become a currency with items around the world denominated in Doge, with people accepting Doge and not necessarily you know buying uh, not necessarily accepting Doge to immediately trade for the dollar, but to hold Doge as a currency. Yeah, I, I think they they make that super super clear like early on in the trail map when they basically say like th their comparison is pretty much their comparison to highlight how focused on adoption and utility um, that they are like how how much they value it is yep. through a comparison that they did with the denarius like in Rome and yep. they said like the, the denarius in Rome was the last example of a known worldwide accepted universal currency because you could just go anywhere in the roman empire and anyone transacted in it um right. and that's the kind of thing that they're going for already like they're, well they're saying, it's not the last i mean you could you could do that with the, with the with dollar now and prior to 1950 you could do that with the british pound no, and you know dutch true. builders and, anyways but yeah yeah i think i i think yeah the the, the one thing that they kind of wanted to like hammer home at this point is you know massive area global globally recognized single currency with transactions that can happen anywhere and at any time and you know they the, the fact that they kind of take these into their fundamentals and they start the trail map by saying we want to become the you know the new us dollar the new the new um denarius basically yep. um it, it it kind of it, it hammers home the point that you know they're not looking to well i i won't say they're not looking to compete <laughs> with anyone but it, it simply says that they're willing to do anything in order to make this as easily accepted as possible right um and that's that's the theme that kind of carries out throughout this entire trail map isn't it mm -hmm. because we can start d diving into some of the projects but you know the first yeah. are basically you know you know dogepedia the doge dogecoin.com makeover those are kind of standard but yeah um have you heard about the the giga wallet the giga wallet's a very very big promising um one of the projects that they're they're yeah. kind of pursuing. Yeah, but but here's the thing: they're building all of this so that Doge becomes a standard in terms of currency. Yeah. Right. So yeah. remember when I said you know the, a Doge standard keeps the world on the same monetary system. And the thing is, if you keep everyone on the same monetary system worldwide, the one thing that most monetary systems have in common is that they are uh, modestly inflationary. By mm -hmm. modestly, I mean typically not now. Now is a different story. But typically, mm -hmm. like you know, one to two percent inflation per year. And we're mm -hmm. going to define inflation as an increase in the monetary supply, and with mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, a general increase in prices. So Bitcoin has a hard cap on the number of coins that can exist, and it's functioning primarily as a store of value, which means mm -hmm. it's much more like gold, except it's also much more deflationary than gold. I mean, at least say you look at like you know day one of Bitcoin versus and what gold was then versus now. I mean, gold's been flat, so not exactly deflationary. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, Bitcoin. You know, a, a price of a Bitcoin went from like what one cent in twenty um, in two thousand nine to uh, mm -hmm. at the time of this recording around forty three thousand dollars a coin. Yeah. So that's hyper deflationary, mm -hmm. and you are not going to get this massive influx of bitcoins hitting the market anytime soon. You know, causing inflation. Like nobody's going to rewrite the code and mm -hmm. uh, you know force all the nodes to accept some kind of bastardized codes that increases the total coin count. Um, mm -hmm. So deflation, the deflationary aspect is built into the code. And in the same sense, you know, Doge, which is ultimately a Bitcoin fork, you know, with a couple um, degrees in between, you know, Litecoin and something else. But mm -hmm. Doge, uh, the underlying software restricts inflation to, I think it was one or two percentage points per year. Um, and the degree that which it inflates on a percentage uh, basis uh, declines uh, over, the long, over the long term. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, the, that little bit of inflation also, I mean, it doesn't cause hoarding because it's ultra deflationary and it's not so inflationary that there's no point in holding it because it's going to lose all its value. So it very much mimics the world's current monetary system. Um, that I think will make it much more palatable for people to actually want to hold, uh, as, as a, as a currency. But that being said, like, you know, then you ask like, oh, why would people buy in if there's no way that the price is going to continue to go up? Like. Look, mm -hmm. Doge at the time of this recording is around $25 billion market cap, right? Mm -hmm. How much do you need really to have sort of a worldwide basic reserve currency? Suppose it goes to like, I don't know, 10 trillion. Suppose it goes to 1 mm -hmm. trillion. That's like a 40 time return. So there's still a reason to hold Doge. Um, but
But yeah, everything that the foundation said they were building in the trail map is just to help facilitate that Doge standard. That, that's exactly it. I, th- I think it's, it's you know, a lot of people have said that Bitcoin is going to be a globally accepted currency. And like every coin, I think, and this is this is a theme or pattern that I'm kind of recognizing, looking at it as an outsider, is they all start out with that same mission. The, the, at one point in time, everyone on earth is going to transact with this coin. Um, but what differentiates all the promising ones from, from, from the ones that just end up dying is having the system to be able to support it. And I think that's the biggest thing that they, they kind of stressed in this trail map. Yep. Um, before we head into it, though, I did have a question about the point about monetary policy or the monetary system that Doge is kind of going after. Yep. So if, if, if you keep inflation at a healthy level of like one to two percentage or percentage points, and then at the same time, Dogecoin's kind of looking to be a, a, a typical everyday currency that people interact with. Um, do you think that people are wrong to buy into this thinking it's going to be a Bitcoin situation? Like, do you genuinely think at one point in time in the future, Dogecoin's going to be like 43K or something like that? I mean, it'll never be 43K because if you multiply it out with the supply, it ends up being bigger than like the US and Chinese economies combined. So it's not going to be that. Right. Um, I yeah. think Doge needs to hit around $10 to, to reach uh, Bitcoin's market cap of like roughly a trillion. Um, yeah. You know, so... The reason to hold it long term is because if worldwide adoption happens, you are going to need a large enough money supply to accommodate worldwide, you know, transactions and investments and and the rest of that. And the question is, how much do you need in terms of a money money supply in order for that to be, um, to be you know to be uh, uh, achievable? Um, and at yeah. that point, once you reach that critical mass, then you're talking about only a year to year inflationary difference of maybe two three percent. Um, then. Then you know it, it makes sense that things would hold steady uh, in a way that you know, say, the dollar does nowadays or any other major developed world currency. Um, so for for Bitcoin, I would still buy and hold Bitcoin. By okay, not financial advice. I would still buy and hold Bitcoin because at forty three k, you know, it's just short of a trillion dollar market cap. I mean, if it flips gold as the world's worldwide de facto you know store of value, I mean, that's still a lot of appreciation ahead of you. And for Dogecoin with 25 billion market cap, if we hit a trillion for it to be like, say, the currency of choice for developing markets um, in terms of an independent blockchain-based currency, um, then suppose it hits a trillion, that's still 40 times return from where you are now. So that's not a reason to dump it. No, not at all. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's a valid reason nowadays to dump any any of the coins that are headed because they're all, they all like, to their credit, all seem like they're heading on very, very good paths. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the only, per- the only person who'd end up selling at this point is like paper, paper handed people. Pretty much. Yeah. Paper um, handed bitches. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, let, let's go into the actual Dogecoin foundation trail map that was released recently. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the, the one part that I kind of mentioned previously, or like moments ago, basically was that the number one thing that they tried to go after in this trail map is it, it says it on the first page, it's it's utility through rapid integration and rapid adoption. So when you say something like that, the first thing that comes to mind is like, okay, how can you convince the entire world to use something like Dogecoin or to, to go from, you know, I have a wallet and I can like, I have a physical wallet, like an actual one that I can hold. And I go to the store, buy something, pull out a couple of notes and like pieces of paper and transact that way. Um, how do you convince people to go from that into what Dogecoin is, which is having your own, like, you know, the, the, the standard a software wallet, wallet, no paper. Exactly. Um, so, so the main thing that they kind of said, and this is, this is the direction that they started heading in, um, is they're, they're trying to make sure that the infrastructure is as easily adoptable as possible. Uh, so like the foundations is easily adoptable as, as, as possible. So, the, the one thing that I was able to come across in that trail map is the GigaWallet. So GigaWallet API is basically, um, it's it's a single application that anyone can spin up and integrate into their apps um, to enable payments in Doge without needing to like remember your 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 key phrases or your, your passwords or anything like that. Um, so what that basically means is that if I'm working on a project that I, a side project that I'm hoping to make some passive income out of, instead of going to Stripe and, and, and handling all that or worrying about PCI compliance and doing that as a side project, 
The one yep. thing I could do is spin up the GigaWallet API in the backend, integrate it into my application, and that's it. Like I work on, like yep. I run subscriptions. I do everything through Doge, and everything is secure. Everything yep. is the, safe. The alternative now is just straight up put your Doge address, like copy paste the string of letters and numbers, right? The the public key um, yeah. somewhere, and have people try to deal with that, which is not exactly the best UI. Not at all. Yeah, and I think. Yeah. That, that's like the main point of friction from a product perspective as to why a lot of people are resisting it. It's just, you know, needing to remember keys and stuff and going to that app and this account, and this wallet, just to be able to buy something is 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 annoying. But that's that's the issue that Dogecoin yeah. is trying to solve with the Giga Wallet. So it's basically so, yeah. just, oh yeah. No, I was going to say for like in-person crypto payments, the way I've seen it work is kind of like Alipay, where there's this QR code and, and you scan mm-hmm. it and pay and you're good. Um, but that's not that's not really the way to go if you have an online store. Yeah, exactly. So so if you have an online store, like the one thing you you the one thing you need is basically an API or a service in the back end, not to get too technical, um, that is able to um that, that's pretty much able to to handle all those transactions. So like on your single platform or your, on your single application, you have a okay, here's something that I'm selling, here's the option to buy it, and like the the what happens in the back end is you click checkout from software perspective is honestly the most painful or anxiety inducing thing ever because yep. you you know for a fact that you can't touch it like if 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 you're if any part of your system deals with someone's payment information then you need to get into PCI compliance and that's mm-hmm. that'll kill any early stage company or side project for sure because the, so the, the number the of things the wallet API really streamlines stuff. The, yeah, the GigaWallet API is is so it's, it basically is, is an API that's open source that anyone can spin up, um, that allows any developer to add Dogecoin transactions to their platform as easily as they might with any polished payment provider. This is reading directly right. from the trail map. Mm-hmm. So what they plan to do basically is, um, <clears throat> it's it's so yeah, it, it's pretty much just a cookie cutter template as like a service you can deploy that handles payments and and that's going to be a very very big thing because the easier that becomes um the more applications we're going to see where that's going to be the standard and yeah i i would say you know looking at it from someone who just wants to put something together and doesn't really care about stripe setups and payments and all that stuff um this would be my number one choice if i were to build something with income yeah now now dogecoin's core uh well the code base right Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it ha- has really, you know, and, and the library has not been updated since 2013, just because mm-hmm. interest in Dogecoin fell off a cliff after 2013 and really did not revive until 2021. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think so. Th- that's the other interesting part about, you know, where a lot of the inefficiencies of of not Dogecoin specifically, but Bitcoin comes in. And that's how they leak into Dogecoin and how that's kind of causing problems as they try to scale. Um, is a very big issue that yeah. was also addressed here. But but that's that's also the the uh, foundation's trail map, which is Lib Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so Lib Dogecoin basically comes in with another part. So there's the Dogecoin, and then there's the Dogecoin standard. Um, so the Dogecoin standard, to get into it a little bit, is basically a it's a written spec or or its requirements or expectations that are set um, for developers in order to contribute to. Um, any part of the, any part of the, the Dogecoin um, system, pretty much. Right. Um, so basically, what that means is that you know it's it's a little bit lowering the barrier for new devs, um, and you're you're allowing multiple developers to start contributing, and you're unlocking the doors to multiple people who would be interested right now. And at the same time, you're you're basically teaching them how they should submit and how they should write code around that. Um, mm-hmm. So from a software engineering perspective, you're making that process very streamlined, very simple. Um, but then going to the actual application, like what you mentioned, there's lib Dogecoin, which is um, it's pretty much a C library for of, of Dogecoin's building blocks. So pretty much the way it is right now is just like you mentioned, it's a fork of, of it's almost a fork of Bitcoin via a couple more coins in between them, like Litecoin and the other one uh, that, I, that, that I can't recall. Um, but basically what they're kind of noticing is that there's a lot of that, that architecture is, is aging basically. Um, so what they're able, what they're trying to do with this is they're making the core functionality of the coin, um, 
a simple C library with bindings for multiple different languages. Um, so this sounds kind of simple. And, and, and to, to hammer the point home, um, they, they have three points, basically, to, to kind of make clear what they're trying to do here. And, and it's, it's three things. So want to create a new Dogecoin wallet in Python or Ruby or Node.js? You can do it now with this lib Dogecoin um, right. release or refactor. Uh, want to create a slimmed down Dogecoin node for a specific purpose like, like GigaWallet? Sure, go for it. Want to create a shell utility for manage, managing HD Dogecoin key pairs and Golang? Go nuts, mm -hmm. go for it. Um, so this might not seem like a lot. You know, Building something that has bindings to different languages seems kind of standard. And from looking at it as a, from a non-technical perspective, you won't think it's that big a deal. Um, but I'd venture to say that this is the most revolutionary part of, of this trail map that I really, really hope to see very, very soon. Um, because pretty much all you're doing is now, if you're offering a library that can be bound to multiple other languages, then developers kind of stop or run out of excuses as to why they haven't adopted this. Um, simply because keep in mind everyone who's using these popular languages. So, so if you wanted to work with Dogecoin, you usually just work in C. Um, yep. C is a kind of outdated language, very complex. Um, as, as an early stage founder. I mean, I, I would not say it's outdated because it's still, you know, taught formally oh, still, in schools and all that. And still, if you're going to go into computer programming, like one of the first things you should learn is C and C++ just because everything is in C. And C yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, Okay, approaching it from, from an early stage founder where all you need to do is basically build and prototype. Um, the, the obvious decision that people usually go through, which we have as well, is going for a Python, a Ruby, something where, the, where you don't need to worry about the actual code. You need to worry about what you're building with that code um, yep. and just like getting it in the hands of the customers, so on and so forth. So what this, like, what this Lib Dogecoin refactor release means is that now, if I'm building in Python or building in Ruby, I do have access to the core functionality of Dogecoin uh, through a single import line. So what this means is like a majority of early stage startups, including us, and a majority of um, any, any modern tech or software company that has come up in the past couple of years, as well as giants. So like Instagram, Shopify, Spotify, Stripe, to name a few, all use Python and Ruby and all these different languages, their code. Yep. Um, they will now have a, a zero resistance path to allowing Dogecoin-based transactions to happen on their platform. And these are commerce giants. These are basically platforms where, where the you know, transactions is, is a very normal part of it, pretty much. And, and as you see, like new SaaS companies coming up, they're also going to be charging, of course, for something. And the fact that now Dogecoin is literally just an import line or just a couple of endpoints you could set up um, is going to make it very, it, it hits on that utilization through rapid integration, yep. rapid adoption. Um, yeah. yeah. There so, is, so there is another thing that will really, really scale up adoption. So, you know, one of the things mm -hmm. people worry about when they're launching a new blockchain, or in this case, trying to revolve, revive an old dead one is ensuring that there are enough nodes. Right. Oh yeah. And also making sure that it's not just a, you know a centralized mess you know with a facade of decentralization. Mm -hmm. um, Elon Musk being Elon Musk and being a major backer of this project, and again having uh, having a representative at the Dogecoin Foundation has managed to tie Starlink into all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those unaware, Starlink is this massive network of of microsatellites um, that uh, uh, SpaceX is launching. Uh, with the intention of bringing ultra high speed internet to everyone everywhere on earth um and they've uh, um they've they've announced what is it called radio doge i think so yeah radio it's it's uh yeah radio, radio doge. doge yeah so radio doge i mean can you explain what what was it exactly it was going to do for like the worldwide network of doge nodes so my understanding of it, and this is this is the one kind of sad part of the trail map that they don't have a dedicated page for that. So not yes. a lot of information directly. Yeah, not a lot of information directly from the Dogecoin Foundation on this. But um, what what they tried to do is they're using Starlink to connect all the nodes so that you can set up radio nodes or like basically Doge nodes um, in remote locations. Um, so that basically speaks to like expanding the empire pretty much because 
if you have if if I go to some random country in some random part of the world, um, being able to transact in, in Doge right now is a is a is a pain point because you know nodes might there there might not be any nodes or they're not they're, connectivity might be an issue basically. Um, so what they try to do is they're they're trying to through Starlink um, enable anyone to set up a node anywhere, including in remote locations, so that right utility basically or or, or how how well, what's a great way of putting it? So I'm trying to think. To, it's, it's it's kind to of to illustrate like, to illustrate this point. Mm -hmm. If if you are in sub-Saharan Africa in these kind of remote communities, uh, places that still have cell service and where everyone still has a cheap Android phone. I mean, with Starlink, somebody can actually set up a node and there would be an active node processing and validating uh, Dogecoin transactions. Exactly. So, so yeah. the, the, the very, the very good part that I, I can think of, of, of putting this is like the, the empire that the denarius will need to expand to was going to be way, way simpler because the network that you're using to validate these transactions are basically global. Like it's, it's, you know, if, if you're running on Starlink and Starlink's main goal is to have high speed internet connection anywhere in the world, then that means that you can run your transactions safely and extremely quickly and look rapidly at anywhere in the world, whether it's New York city or some jungle thousands of miles away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look there, this, again, all of this is about a coin that eight years ago was launched as a joke and remained a joke for a long time, but somewhere along the way, it got super popular on Reddit and people started buying it in mass, sending its price from 0 0.000 something, whatever cents mm -hmm. uh, to 70 cents at the all time high and down to around 20 cents. Now, um, you know, this joke became such a serious project with such massive uptake that there are uh, people like Elon Musk and, and Vitalik Buterin, you know, throwing their weight behind it and making sure that this actually survives as a currency. Because as much as I love Bitcoin and I invest in Bitcoin, I hold Bitcoin, I would never sell my Bitcoin. It's not truly a currency in that not everyone is using it to transact. It's it's digital gold. It's store of mm -hmm. value, you know. And to me, it's inflation hedge. But you know, it, it's. If something is going to be a true standalone currency like the U.S. dollar, then I think, you know, as funny as it still sounds to so many people, Doge has the best chance of being that truly decentralized currency. And like you said earlier, there are no whales that hold most of it. And nobody's in control of all the nodes, and it's not like it's being run by some, you know, shady foreign organization. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing is, if this is truly going to become a de facto world currency. Uh, similar to the dollar is today, or the British pound sterling was 100, 150 years ago. Um, what, what's also important is that there needs to be a way to kind of quickly generate income for people who hold um, that currency in their wallet. And by generate income, I mean, there has to be some equivalent of, say, a bank account that generates interest. But again, this is, this is a wallet that you own, so there's no bank paying you interest. And there's no money market account really for Doge because it's not like tons of corporations are issuing bonds denominated in Doge. Um, so what's going to be the equivalent, because if people hold dollars and have the option of, of, uh, uh, getting say, suppose at some point in the future, when this is not a complete joke, a, a two, three, four, five percent, uh, return on their deposits in terms of like, you know, checking account interest or savings account interest, what's it going to be, what's going to be the equivalent for, for Doge. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's super a proposal for this. Yeah. In the yeah. Map. Yeah. In the trail map, they mentioned something called community staking. And this is one of those things where they actually did not elaborate that to, that much uh, on. But you know, if you look at other sources, they do elaborate a little bit, and you can also speculate as to what certain terms may mean. But we can't forget the importance of community staking for the success of Doge. So it's entirely possible that people who hold crypto as a currency, as opposed to say a credit to use a network like ETH or Sol, um, since you won't have a you know ETH and Sol, like we said, they're not going to replace the dollar. They're not going to replace your currency. But you know, Doge is vying for that title. Um, if you hold that crypto as a currency, if you hold Doge, you'd still want income generating and capital gains generating qualities similar to financial products that are available today to holders of fiat currencies like the dollar, like the pound, like whatever. So today, um, you know, retirees, for example, they hold fixed income assets 
uh, like bonds to generate like a dependable stream of revenue for monthly cost of living expenses and that kind of thing. Um, so those products that generate that kind of revenue are, are in huge demand worldwide just because of the massive retiring population. And there's also demand for it with people who are still working, obviously, like, you know, I, I don't mind that asset, you know, uh, people are turning to DeFi to generate that, that income now, um, and other sources, but Doge, like we said, is a few degrees of separation, um, sort of like, uh, you know, a few, a few degrees of separation away from Bitcoin, right. Kind of like Litecoin. Now, Bitcoin and Litecoin, obviously, those are proof-of-work blockchains. Um, if We can't really go into the definition right now because that would easily take an hour. But a proof-of-work blockchain uh, functions very diff differently from a proof-of-stake blockchain. In essence, in order to be a validator on the network with a proof-of-work blockchain, you are spending large amounts of electricity for mining activities. Um, in a proof of stake blockchain, you know you show your skin in the game not by running up electrical bills, but by showing that you hold a significant amount of that currency. Okay, and that's that's staking. And when you put up uh, some of your tokens for staking purposes in order to run a node and validate transactions and be a part of the blockchain, you get rewarded for having locked up that value. So much like ETH 2.0, uh, Vitalik Buterin has a hand in Dogecoin Foundation to transition from um, a, a proof of work to a proof of stake system. So what's different here is that it's called a community proof of stake, emphasis on community. So not only does this make the blockchain so much more capital efficient and uh, energy efficient, but community proof of stake, does it, uh, it doesn't make it financially impossible for anyone not in the 1% to generate yield from a node. So for example, if you want to run a Solana node, it's going to cost you like seven, $800,000, easy. So wow. if you have less, if you have less than that sitting around and you don't have the hardware, it's going to be very hard to stake anything. Um, now you can still participate in a staking pool where you're not running the hardware and you're not putting up all the capital yourself. But I mean, that way you're still having to pay a percentage out of your staking yield to the operators of the nodes. And again, in theory, that staking yield for somebody who owns Doge would replace the income that would typically come from a checking account or savings account interest rate or some bond fund or municipal fund or, or money market fund or something along those lines. It's the low risk capital uh, generating or income generating asset. So um, the, you know, now that if you're participating in a staking pool, um, you still pay a percentage of those returns uh, to the operators of the nodes and the operators of the pool. So the issue there with a the blockchain is that you can argue that, you know, again, you're kind of centralizing node control. So if these financial interests own all the nodes and you can't stake shit unless you go through them, then they're going to argue, oh, well, this is centralized and it's not truly the decentralized currency we all wanted. So community staking allows for everyday holders of Doge to stake their crypto from their wallets and generate a yield. So again, this is from their wallet and not from a custodial account. So they truly own it. They own the public private keys and there's no, there's no central authority. Um, now, if they stake it from their wallet, obviously they're generating yield and they can do that no matter how much or how little Doge they own. So if you have modest savings in Doge, let, let's say in the long-term Doge stabilizes to a dollar a coin uh, and you have say $10,000 in Doge that you have worked hard for and you're saving in your wallet, you can use that to generate um, income by staking it, uh, which would be the equivalent on the interest on, on your account at the bank. Mm. So. So this is actually extremely important for this to function as a currency, because if it yielded nothing uh, compared to, say, anyone's bank account, then it's very difficult to convince people to hold it and not immediately dump it for fiat. So right. now you have your own currency and you have your own money market account that can generate a bit of yield for you. It's really no different from the bank. So this way, you have reduced the likelihood that someone is just going to dump this and run to fiat, or somebody is going to set up a doge bank and become a custodian and once again control all of it and now it's not decentralized so you know right now staking is is widespread staking pools are widespread um what may happen over the next few years may change because again since this income kind of function functions so much like fixed income like a bond it's very likely in my opinion that this is going to get uh reclassified legally as some kind of security similar to a bond what that does to pricing and viability and all of that, I mean, remains to be seen. But the fact that Doge is functioning on a community proof of stake system is just going to make it much more likely to succeed as as a currency. Yeah, I think I think the very big part of it that I, I kind of took away from this was basically the um the one point that you mentioned about 
the one point that you mentioned about not like being able to stake your crypto from your wallet directly, no matter how much or how little Doge you own. I think that's a very big part because yeah. now, you know, Dogecoin being an inflationary currency, you're already encouraged to spend it because you know the 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but the purchasing power of it's not going to be as strong with uh, with with time. Um, it won't be so strong the, that you refuse to buy things because the currency is worth more, which also is right. you know detrimental for economic activity. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And I think that's that's the, the one biggest issue that I've noticed across all these coins is like with Bitcoin, I don't want to spend it because it's getting extremely expensive and I want to keep it because I want to have more of it. With mm-hmm. Dogecoin, it's like, sure, it's, you know, to... It's it's inflationary, so I do want to spend it. I'm not too um, enticed to keep a little bit of it, just just in case you know it, the price goes up or something. So yep. the main question on the Dogecoin side was like, yeah, what's gonna ha- what's gonna force me to to keep it to have a savings account of Dogecoin? Yeah, um, community staking. This, that, that yeah, that's exactly it. Like that's the answer. And no matter how much or how little I own, it doesn't matter if you, there's no like specific threshold or income yep. of doge per year that you need to do something like that yeah um, and again it removes the incentive for somebody to set up a custodial institution um right so the, i mean like i i don't people you know buy crypto and then leave it on an exchange where basically the exchange is in control of whether or not you're even allowed to transfer anything or even access your account and that is not the point of crypto like you know you want to go back to the original white paper and 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 you know going back to Len Sassman's intentions. That didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. There's another episode you need to listen to, but right. you know, episodes. the idea was to, yeah, two episodes. It, you know, <laughs> the, the idea was that you would be in control of your financial destiny. And if you have a custodial system, then you are not because you're just creating mm-hmm. banks that other people control. Um, another, another aspect of the, uh, uh, the trail map that was released recently is they're actually focusing a little bit on layer two applications. Well, one application mm-hmm. in particular, which is kind of foundational uh, to the idea that this is going to be adopted worldwide. Um, and that's point of sale, right? So yeah. if if Doge is going to become the de facto cryptocurrency, then merchants pretty much of all sizes are going to need a way to properly accept it for transactions. Now, yes, you know, you talked about the Giga Wallet and you know the new APIs mm-hmm. are spinning up to make transactions easier and make creating wallets uh, easier, but you're still going to need just a standard POS, a point of sale. So if you have a right. small business... And you want to accept this? You, you got to find a way to to. I mean, imagine trying to run an online business, but like Square and Stripe don't exist, right? So, yeah. you know, on one hand, if you simply have a QR code that customers can scan, I mean, that's useful if they're physically there, but it's it's not enough. Um, you still need to build out the basics of a financial ecosystem for adoption to be viable. So the foundation has been quiet about what the level two point of sale entails exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's as well thought out as the rest of the new Dogecoin trail map, I, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be quite interesting. So imagine mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, what this looks like. You know, I am in a developing country. I am in somewhere in Southeast Asia or in Africa. Um, I'm running a store. Uh, my local government issued currency is inflating 20, 30, 40% per year. Um, but I have my savings in Doge. My uh, customers have savings in Doge and they're paid in Doge. And uh, they're able to do this using their wallets that are, you know, beefed up with the Giga Wallet uh, uh, library, and you know, built on applications using um, code and the, the new Lib Dogecoin compendium. Um, transactions are being validated by a local node that's hooked up to Starlink. It's lightning fast. Transaction fees are basically free. Um, block times are super fast. Uh, tr- the trades and, and, and payments get settled immediately. Um, you know, all of this is happening and, you know, people are doing it either remotely or in person at my actual physical store. And they're doing it through this, uh, point of sale system that I have that has actually, you know, provided every service that I need to actually run a payment system and financial system, um, in, uh, any store that sells goods and services, you know, it, it, it's, it's the whole ecosystem that they're putting together. And at the end of the day, there is no Dogecoin whale. There is nobody sitting on, uh, you know, a giant heap of of, toke, of coins who could potentially, you know, crash the market immediately if they just, you know, sold ten percent of their holdings. You know, people like to point out a Dogecoin whale, but it's been debunked because that quote unquote whale that holds twenty or thirty percent of all the coins is actually Robinhood holding them on behalf of all the clients. So it's a custodial account, and that's going to be gone once they transition to Robinhood wallets, um, mm-hmm. and everybody directly holds their own crypto with their public and private keys. And then there is truly no whale. 
Um, yeah. You know, it, it's decentralized. It's running on Starlink. Anyone can run a node. Anyone can stake it. Anyone can set up a, a, a wallet. You can use it anywhere. Um, it's safe to use in, in environments where the actual fiat uh, government currency is inflating away ultra fast. I mean, holding things like Bitcoin and Dogecoin is actually less risky than holding the uh, Nigerian Naira or the or the Turkish Lira um, or the Venezuelan uh, currency, you know, just inflating away, losing all its currency, uh, mm-hmm. or losing all its buying power. I mean, the, the dollar is losing 7% of its, of its value year on year. Um, right. So the case is just being made in the news, really. You know, you, there's very little selling yeah. you got to do. Yeah, like that, that, that's a beautiful part about why why this is getting me so excited about this whole this trail map specifically, because from a developer's perspective, now you could just throw it into any application and it's completely safe and it's fast and it's awesome. But but it also speaks to the non-technical side of things of like, you can have a savings account. Like it, I like the way they're trying to repackage it to make sense to the everyday person. It's like you can have a savings account, which is a wallet, and the community staking is basically the interest that goes into your wallet. And then yeah. um, you can pay for it anywhere, but you don't need to worry about that because we have the 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 fastest, mo- like most expansive global network of Starlink and like remote nodes and and sorry, radio nodes and remote locations. And they, they're just they're trying to repackage themselves in a way that's, you know, more understandable to the everyday person, but yep. they have this massive push in the background to go, Hey, developers, this is what you need. It's super simple. You could do it. Hey, yep. um, anyone trying to spin up a node, yep. here's the fastest network. You could do it. And they, they're building the infrastructure for that repackaging so that they can mm-hmm. support scale of that size. And, right. and yeah, that, that's just what that's just makes me, excited or very very bullish about about this entire trail map all i know is i am not selling my doge i've been holding it a long time no and i'm going to continue to hold it no way if anything i might buy some more because we are in a in a nice little dip right now yeah right buy the dip yeah. always buy the dip i bought the dip in everything always. i bought the dip in in bitcoin and solana algorand mm-hmm. uh bought some avalanche uh, i bought sheep Sheep is actually oh, wow. an an interesting uh, an interesting play because you know the Shibarium um, ecosystem is actually coming together. But I guess that's a separate episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, sheep NFTs, maybe. Um, what yeah. else did I buy? Uh, definitely oh, wow. stocked up on some ETH. Yeah. Um, Matic. I like Matic. I like the level twos on Ethereum. The scaling plays. Oh right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if 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 I had the money for it, I'd 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 take the VC power law approach and just like throw money in everything and see what what generates like a thousand x or ten x returns. My largest holding by a mile is Doge. Um, second largest would be Bitcoin, and mm-hmm. then I have a little bit of everything, just because who knows what's going to moon, right? Yeah, but Doge Doge seems to be the most promising, I'd say, and the most active in terms of a community. And I think yeah. H- half people- of my holdings are Doge. Yeah, I think I way more than half on my end. <laughs> um, yep. And and it, it, it would have been more if it wasn't for the fact that I needed to pay for service and pay for this mic. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. profits from Doge have helped with. So, yeah. Yeah. What I do is I also, I, I mean, I buy Bitcoin every like few days, every week. I just, mm. I buy a little and put it in my wallet and forget about it. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's... The best way I don't care what the price nice. is because there's no, no way it's going to be worth less five years from now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. That's exactly it. If anything, for all, all, all like people who are like bears in this space, um, you'll have the reset, whatever it may be, and then things are going to go back to normal. But like you, it's not with time. This is, I think that that this is what what's gotten me on the whole Web three thing, which is, you know, it's it's not a mania that people can relate to tulips so easily because it's not based off of nothing. I'm taking a look at the engineering and I'm taking a look at the communities that are being built around this. And these are, they're promising. Like if there is a reset, things will not go to zero. Like it will continue. I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, owning Amazon stock prior to uh, the dip in 2000, 2001. I mean, that was a harsh dip, but in retrospect today, had you sold back then you are an idiot. And honestly, That would, that's, that's just how I see all of crypto prices are definitely going to reset at some point. The reason I'm not one of those, like, oh, I'm going to sit out, wait for it to fall before I, but it's because generally I've realized it's, it's kind of dumb trying to time these things. 
Like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to lose some money on some of the transactions being made today, in my opinion. But uh, um, I, I, it wouldn't be as bad as the loss as you know me trying to hold out for quote unquote the dip, um, mm-hmm. you know. So just just index, you know, across time, just yeah. buy a little every fixed amount of time and sit on it. And like exactly. you know, the tr- transaction costs for Bitcoin, especially with a Segwit address, are just they're so low. And uh, you know, it, it's not like I'm losing thirty percent of transaction like I'm with ETH or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you own Chainlink? I do not. No. I just I just have I think most of my holdings are Doge and Bitcoin, like 99% Doge, I want to say. Yeah. Oh, Polkadot. I own Polkadot. I don't own Chain Chainlink, but um no. I I also bought uh, Polkadot. Polkadot had a nice little jump when they were start, started auctioning the parachains. If you're not familiar with how Polkadot is structured, definitely read the white paper. It's amazing. It's what ETH yeah. should have been, but uh, I mean, it was it was founded by a former co-founder of Ethereum. Um, oh. It's it's it, it, it's it's super interesting. Um, yeah, they had a they had a nice little you know price increase when the parachain auctions were happening, and then it kind of reverted to the mean. So I kind of right. went for the full ride there. But uh-huh. I am no paper-handed bitch. I have not at all. Captain Diamond Hands. Um, yes, and I will be looking into gig wallets because they're very interesting no promises yeah. for what we're going to do with them at abstract but i'll not really? show up about them <laughs> that would be yeah that'd be pretty dope i'd say i'd say that'd be pretty cool i'll see why we'll not see. i mean you know what we should do in in the comments for this particular episode we should put a, a doge address and oh, yeah let's see let's see if anybody sends us anything down uh Here's the thing. If you send us some Doge to the address listed in the comment section of this uh, particular episode, uh, mm-hmm. we will use it to advertise the show. Is that fair? Yes. If 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 you love this and you want more people to listen to it and you want the quality and 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 the topics and the guests to be awesome, yeah. we need to we 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 need to start spending on marketing, and that would be awesome. If if <laughs> I just remembered so. To get the mics and to get all the the subscription and the softwares, the the software for everything that we used to run this, we use Doge. So yeah. so what a better way to continue growing. Yeah, by Doge. continuously continually funding it with Doge. Started yeah, with Doge, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Uh, Crazy world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go do some cardio. What are you doing? Um. I, I pushed a lot of work because yesterday I was just being lazy. So I got I got a lot of uh, full stack stuff to do and, and, and some emails to type out. So fun, like fun you. startup stuff. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's just fun startup stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. anyhow. All right. Awesome. I'm run. I got to run, literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to... I got, I got a type, which is doing what exactly it is that I'm doing right now. Um, but um, peace, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>